Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I am Sam Fain, your host, joined by Todd Gershel and Mike Molesky. Uh, we are here this week to talk about the road to Galacticon, give you a recap of the events of this past weekend, uh, while also diving into some special cards in the history of the game line that tie into one of the announcements. Um, Todd, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, it was a fun weekend. Uh, two days of uh, some, uh, you know, fun activities with the rest of the Phil Singer Games uh, universe. There, um, definitely cool to play some tournaments with everybody. Uh, announce all the different things we've been uh, kind of working and planning towards. Uh, really excited uh, what the next couple months will bring. Yeah, for sure. It was a great time. Obviously, as as usual. Mike, how about you? How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Sam. Great to be back with you here virtually, if, if not in person, but uh, always, uh, always a pleasure. Yeah, you skipped out on us last time. We had, to, we had to do the interview with Dylan all by ourselves. Yeah, well, I, I, I didn't think he was ready for me, so I, I felt <laughs> best, best to give him our, our, our best foot forward. So. <laughs> um, well, it's great, as always, to be joined by you guys. I'm looking forward to this episode. We've got some fun stuff to talk about um, that I think people are going to enjoy. So let's just uh, get to the opening bell. As I said, Road to Galacticon was this past weekend, a uh, two-day event. Uh, the first day was occupied by Indies and Legends content, uh, and then the second day was devoted to Champions of the Galaxy content. Um, Todd, tell us about how the day went, uh, you know, when we first kind of kicked things off with, with Indies and, and Legends. Uh, we started with some tournaments, yeah, yeah. So we started out the day, uh, first half of the day uh, on Saturday was a uh, tournament. So we started out with our uh, IWTV uh, tournament, um, highlighted by me losing in the first round in one move, uh, which was uh, quite exciting there. Uh, you know, Daniel Garcia's card, I think, is normally better than that. But, <laughs> but you know, yeah. sometimes the dice, dice have funny things uh, happen there. So... Uh, but yeah, overall, yeah, uh, that one really great uh, eight-person tournament won by uh, the one called Manders uh, in the end. Uh, and congratulations out uh, to Mike Carpenter for winning that tournament uh, and uh, getting surprised some uh, signed cards and uh, some other uh, fun stuff uh, that I'm uh, sending to Mike. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one tournament that I had, you know, kind of like intended on taking part in. Um, and I got Myron Reed. Uh, whom I love in real life. Like just, I, I think he's fantastic, but I also saw that I was matched up against Jake something. And there's no arguing that Jake something had the superstar card of the set. Like his stats are pretty great. So I knew that it was going to be an uphill battle to say the least. Uh, and, and I lost in the first round, not in one move, but not I did, in one move. I no, no. Yeah. I actually <laughs> wound up taking uh, Zeke's spot in there. Uh, Zeke missed it. He's, the, the the man is watching so much wrestling this weekend. There, you know, just yeah, you know, just it, could, it couldn't it couldn't make it in time for for that one. So I took his spot in there, brought Jake something to the finals. But I uh, was glad uh, to to uh, put over Manders and uh, and Mike uh, in the end uh, on that on that tournament. So, we should have we should have had that on roll up though. I mean, we had the two of you guys going at it. We should have actually had the dialogue from that uh, here. That's that's an oversight on our part. I think. That is right. Right. <laughs> little, we, little, in, little in, in, intra podcast heat there. <laughs> well, we did record the finals uh, of all of the tournaments as well as the panels. Uh, so we're, you know, we're certainly looking at, you know, releasing some of that stuff uh, 
uh, with the turnaround time, you know, I just I, I just don't have time to, to put it into this particular episode. But I think that there's a way that we can kind of get some of that stuff out in the future. Uh, I, I didn't mean to suggest people wanted to hear me talk again. I thought I just meant that they wanted to hear you guys go at it. I think that was really <laughs> what I was right. Well, I, you know, I have some thoughts actually about tournaments in the future and, and, and announcing, I have some ideas that are percolating. So good, good. Yeah. That's that's one thing I think, you know, we, we tried to do a little bit in the finals there, but that's one thing, you know, sometimes we get a little bit of the Japanese uh, crowd uh, reaction there where everybody goes silent for a minute. Uh, It'd be nice to have some more running commentary going on during this. Right. Right. Um, And then of course we had the, the legends tournament, which I think was uh, one of the things that, that stood out for a lot of people were of course the use of the new charts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think people really, yeah, so, you know, we, uh, you know, unfortunately, as we were rolling it out there, we had to consult the charts uh, there as we were going along. But I think people really, really dug how different it made the experience go. Certain guys really performed better with, with those certain mechanics. I know uh, one match in particular we had was uh, uh, George Hackenschmidt versus Henry Ersinger in the first round. That was a great, great match. And in the end, Ersinger was able to win, I think, you know, a good part of it was due to some of the advantages he had through those style of charts and the a different style that he, that he wrestled really worked well with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, all the, all the characters we had through this were all kind of vintage era guys and using those charts it really kind of set up some of the, the matches really kind of emulated that style really well. Cause you only ended up adding four guys to the, to the uh, eight person set, right? You added Dick Hutton, Luthez, uh, George Tragos and Jim Londos. Correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, no, I, I really enjoyed kind of watching and following along with the tournament. Uh, it was it was great fun. Um, we did pause the tournament so that we could start the panels. And uh, we had our, uh, you know, kind of some general company news and notes. Um, and you know, one of the things, of course, that was announced is that there would indeed be an in-person Galacticon this year um, with, of course, a virtual component going hand in hand with that, uh, which is very, very exciting. Um, uh, Todd, do you want to give us some more of the details on that uh, so that we can make it official on the podcast? Yeah. yeah so I, th- we, uh, I think we announced it originally during the in January that we'd be doing Doing, uh, July 9th to the 11th. Uh, we are still looking at a um, doing an in-person thing. We don't have a, a, a venue to announce just yet. We are still kind of keeping an eye on all the different uh, changes and different local regulations and things like that. So we make sure we kind of pick the best uh, spot for that. Uh, we are planning at this point to have it on the East Coast. Um, and then, but also have a, a whole virtual component. So anything that we're doing in person, uh, you'll also be able to participate in virtually. Um, so all the panels that we're doing uh, will be uh, will be broadcast out, as well as um, the, uh, any tournaments. We'll have an equal number of uh, people, both in person and online, in the Galacticon Cup tournament at the end. Uh, we will have, uh, you know, if we have uh, any uh, guests there as well, we are trying to get a guest as well. Uh, we'll try to have some meet and greets for both people in person as well as virtual meet and greets as well. So we're trying to do as much as we can to make it a, you know, as great an experience, whether you're able to come in person or whether you can't. Um, yeah. So we're, we're testing out a couple of things with that, but I think, uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then again, that's uh, the 9th to the 11th of July. Uh, we're looking on the, the Saturday, the 10th, probably running about 10 uh, a.m. to 7 p.m. East Coast time, and then on Sunday, 10 to 2. 
uh, is the is the schedule we're planning on right now, just so you can kind of block your calendars. Again, we'll probably do something where we'll have more tournaments towards the beginning of the day, and a little bit more on the panels and stuff towards the end of the day, uh, just to kind of keep keep that. If you're only into certain pieces, just uh, that you're available those times. Excellent. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, of course, one of the things that's always kind of exciting, too, that, that goes into uh, uh, every Galacticon are exclusive cards or even not just exclusive cards, but, you know, sets dropping. And I know that one of the uh, sets that was announced that kind of goes hand in hand with the indie panel that we're going to talk about here was uh, an IPW, uh, um, you know, which could be a four pack, maybe maybe more. We'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, and that's, of course, Impact Pro Wrestling in Iowa, uh, which is uh is, is exciting. Um, anytime we get to add indie talent, and of course that's talent that, you know, Chad Olson on the indie t- team knows very well and works with closely. Um, and I'll also say in terms of indies before that, uh, this in, in May, we will have our next uh, best of the indies 2021. And uh, we did announce the first card for that set, which was Calvin Tankman. Yeah. Uh, who's made a good name for himself recently. Yeah, absolutely, and had a great WrestleMania week um, down down in Florida. Uh, was a part of some really great matches, um, and um, we, you know we had a great talk with Zeke and Ty uh, talking about, uh, of course, you know sets and um, uh, the process uh, a bit, which was which was a lot of fun. Uh, I always enjoy talking with them, and uh, you know Ty kind of uh, teased the the possibility of a third. Uh, legends uh ladies set which would be really cool um no idea when or if that'll actually happen but he he certainly said that he was trying to uh you know ensure that we had the talent available if we wanted to do it um right mike yeah well i mean as soon as we (laughs) you know that's always the key right is that we want to every set we put out we want it to be something that our fans are going to be excited about and and allow us to keep doing them so you know it's it lots of times we'll get you know, four or five people that we really like, but, you know, we need that, those last couple to really come through to make the set whole. So that's, you know, Ty has been hard at work. I'll give him full (laughs) marks for that one. Um, and then, of course, we had our Legends panel, which was great. We had uh, Corey and Chad Olson uh, with us from the get-go. Tim Dalton was able to drop in uh, after we kind of started things, which was great to see him. And of course, Mike was there as well. Um, and uh, the two, you know, kind of big announcements were the Trago Synthes Hall of Fame set for July. And then for end of May, uh, which we'll talk a little bit more about later, a, a sort of ringside personnel um, set, which will be really cool. Mike, do you want to tell us a little bit about that set? Do I have to? I mean, are, are we still trying to keep some of that close to the vest? No, I mean, I, I think, you know, it, it, all kidding aside, I think it's a great opportunity to sort of flesh out feds. I know lots of people like to have um, some of this, you know, Gordon Soley was a great hit. Um, yeah. You know, when we, when we put him uh, in the uh, Legends uh, expansion pack six, I think that you know having him in Prime as the alternate uh, post match card in Prime was also very popular with people. So I think that um, those kind of cards, you know, add a, an element of depth to your Fed, allow things to sort of shake up uh, either pre or post match, and or even outside of a match potentially. So I think those are, um, you know, it, it's kind of just helps build that Fed and put more. Uh, color to it so we're we're real excited to be able to give that to fans this year yeah I, i'm very much looking forward to it obviously people on the boards are already sort of you know making guesses and talking a lot about it as well and uh you know we're going to talk a, a little bit about the history sort of, of that those kinds of cards later on in the show um but i, I think that 
like you said, the opportunity to add a little extra color um, is, is always a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, there have been some really cool official cards that we'll talk about uh, here in just a little bit. Um, and of course, uh, the Tragos and Thez Hall of Fame set, uh, a name was indeed announced, uh, Thunderbolt Patterson, which is just, a, I mean, it's awesome. Uh, you know, as usual, I'll give my sort of my patented spiel, which is anytime you get the opportunity to honor a guy uh, that is, you know, given so much to the, the history of this, this sport, this art form. Uh, it's always cool and it's a wonderful tribute. So it's great to have him in the game. And we've heard a lot of great stories, you know, from the Legends team in particular about his participation at the Hall of Fame. And, and just the kind of human being he is. So uh, that's very exciting. Um, and then, Mike, I think you you may have confirmed uh, how many cards are going to be in the set. I, I didn't confirm. You didn't confirm. Chad, Chad announced that there were it would be an eight-card set um, later, and then people said, but last year was 10, because he said it'll be eight just like last year. So um, <laughs> and then people said it was 10 last year. He says, oh, well, we better make it 10 then. <laughs> so, well, um, well, in that case, you better make it 10. <laughs> so, so I guess there's, you know, there's no uh, – uh, Phil Singer Games has not officially announced yet uh, how many cards will be in the uh, Trago Synthes set. Um, I don't know. That answer doesn't tend to work very well when we tried to say officially. Um, but <laughs> we were planning on eight, but we're going to see if we can do something about that make it 10 now. Excellent. Well, I, you know, that set was one of my favorites from last year. Um, you know, obviously we, we got, uh, Jack Briscoe, uh, the color card for Danny Hodge. I mean, it was just an incredible set and, uh, lots of great names. And, and, and I think that the, the relationship with the hall of fame is great. Um, and speaking of that relationship, Todd, we did also have, uh, an auction for a legends card, uh, with money benefiting the, uh, the hall of fame. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so we did a uh, you know spur of the moment. Uh, well, maybe not too much because we did talk about it last week on on, on the roll up. But uh, we did do a uh, an auction for a signed Nacho Barrera card, uh, which was uh, won by Grandpa Choco, uh, who uh, bid up a hundred dollars uh, for that. So the first hundred dollars uh, going towards our uh, TNT Hall of Fame. Uh, contribution uh, from the Phil Singer Games fans. Uh, so thank you to Grant uh, for that generosity. Um, it has been shipped out uh, to Grant there, so hopefully uh, he'll be getting it soon. And don't forget um, to thank all the other people who drove up the bidding to that made forced Grant to be so generous. <laughs> well, I know, I know J- James Freeman. Uh, I think he he bid it up a couple times to get up. Uh, I think it's about thirty five. And then uh, Greg came in, you know, on the, 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 the going twice and uh, threw down the hammer and like, all right, we're done. So. Well, the funny thing is, is I was literally thinking to myself, you know, for that 40, 45, maybe I could do that. And right as I was about ready to throw the bid in, Grant threw the $100. I was like, all right, well, that was fun. Yeah. I was I'm like, I was waiting for Grant to put in a bid, too. I, I, I knew I kind of figured that. But yeah. He was suspiciously quiet up to it's that. Exactly. Right. exactly. <laughs> well, certainly congratulations to Grant. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a really cool piece and uh, obviously. Obviously, the the money uh, donated to the Hall of Fame, you know, is always something cool that that, that we get to do. Uh, and the auction, of course, at Galacticon, uh, hopefully, will surpass last year's, which was that's, wildly that's successful. Really, that's the goal. Uh, well, and I, well, and I think it goes in even beyond that, right? Because it's not just that um, we raised and we raised a ton of money last year in the auction for the Hall in a year where they really needed it uh, with sure, with the yeah. uh, shutdown. But then, even better, I think you know, Filsinger Games fans have been just truly amazing in how they've supported the hall. I know Grant did that 
pay-per-view uh, that he did it with his uh, where he you, you could you could watch as long as you made you could prove you made a donation to the hall mm-hmm. and he raised I think he a couple hundred bucks there I think you know and, yeah. and we we uh, you know that people are signing up to go to the hall induction this summer uh, out in Waterloo um, I just think it's, it's it shows what a great community we have and how supportive they are of the history of the business and yeah. I think that's you know it's really neat to see you know game fans supporting the hall now that we've sort of been able to raise a little bit of awareness within the community about it. Yeah, that's a really good point, Mike, is it is separate, you know, even from the auction and, and you know, and separate from like kind of official channels, the way that just fans of the game in general have sort of like stepped up to, you know, really want to participate and help to be a part of that. And and of course, the, the way that the Legends team helped to raise awareness in the first place and, you know, put together some of these signings, you know, through the Hall of Fame and then, of course, put out that set. Uh, you know, it is really cool to, to, to see that because it is incredibly important to the fabric of, of the history of, of professional wrestling, which, you know, is something that that is so important to to the game and, and to Phil Singer games through the legends line. So it's, it's encouraging to see stuff like that. It always, always is. Um, and then of course, I'll, I'll, I'll say one more thing though. Um, yeah. you know, for the, for the auction this summer, I know we had a, like uh, last year when we started auctioning things off, people at the end started jumping in with other different things that they were willing to auction off as part of it, which was awesome. I know Sam, you had something as well uh, that you'd put in a book uh, there, I believe. Right. Um, it was a Harley race uh, DVD cover that was autographed. Oh, it's yeah. Harley race. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's a Harley race one. Uh, so, um, yeah, so we're, you know, if anybody wants to donate anything for this year's auction, uh, definitely reach out to me. Uh, you can find me Todd at philsingergames.com or feel free to send something over to the PO box or, or whatever. Uh, I'll probably be putting some more uh, official things out there at one point. If anybody has anything they want to donate and include in the auction, um, and then, yeah, I'll have a bunch of cool things as well. I have some, uh, original art, uh, that'll be in there this year again, and then some other cool collectibles as well. Uh, some, uh, very rare cards as, uh, that, uh, I've been saving up, uh, to, for, for the right occasion. Uh, so yeah, again, I'm hoping we beat last year's uh, last year. We did, uh, raise about $2,000. I hope we beat that this year uh, for sure. Yeah. And I've, I've mentioned it before, but it is worth saying that like the auction last year really kind of helped to raise my awareness of the collectability of the game. You know, as someone who's been playing the game for over 25 years and has like every single set and had, you know what I mean? Like it, it really did sort of make me go, oh, right. You know, like there's a collectible aspect to this. And, uh, you know, and to recognize some of the stuff that, that I don't have, some of the special edition or limited edition cards that I don't have and, and how fun it is to be able to acquire some of those pieces. And the auction is a great way to do that while also you know, supporting a good cause. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I, I didn't win anything last year. I don't know if I'll win anything this year. Uh, you know, it of course t- I had. It gets tougher every year, it seems. I don't know. There's been some years where it's been easy to get stuff. But yeah, last year was pretty tough. <laughs> in, in my defense, I had lost my job like literally the week before. So <laughs> I was a little unsure of what I could or couldn't spend. But, uh, you know, I, I think that this year uh, it, it'll be it'll be a great time. And uh, one of the fun things about it, honestly, is just seeing what you've got for us. You know what I mean? Like, even if you don't win anything, it's sort of like, oh, that's cool, you know? And it just, yeah. like I said, it kind of helps to raise that that awareness of some of the cool items that, that exist um, for collectors, which is great. Well, well you know, it's, it's funny. The, the auction last year reminded me a lot of the auctions from, like, 2001 to 2008-ish. To, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, where it was really, like, you know, just some some cool stuff along with some motivated uh participants to 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 get it and you know no we don't want people to be choosing between 
um, food for the children and uh, collectible items. Uh, that that is not what we want. But uh, so good call last year, Sam, on on sitting out. But but um, but I think that it's it's a ton of fun. And again, it's it, this is for a great cause. So that that's the part that makes it uh, really neat is that we. Uh, we raise some money for 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 the hall, and at the same time, we we give people access to something that really, quite frankly, is pretty hard to hard to find in many cases. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's one thing that obviously we'll probably talk a little bit more about it as we get closer to Galacticon, uh, and then of course, uh, you know, once we get there, there's just going to be some really cool stuff that people will be able to take a look at. Um, we yeah, did. I think, I think now that we have this platform with the roll up there, I might even be almost every week kind of announcing something that'll be in the auction as well as we kind of get closer. I think that'll be fun just to kind of like people always want to know what's going to be out there. I think if we kind of describe that and maybe. Put that on the page afterwards. So, are are you teasing a teaser? I'm teasing a teaser. That's <laughs> okay, right. I just want to make sure I got it's, that straight. It's double teaser season. I'm throwing another one in there. <laughs> I'll tell you what. This is it. like you know. This, this is like Austin and the Rock at WrestleMania. Double double swerve here. I don't know. It's yeah. Here we go. <laughs> um, and then of course after we wrapped up the panels, we did end up having the final match in the Legends tournament, uh, which uh, which was pretty great match yeah. um yeah and todd do you want to tell us a little bit about that and announce yeah, who the, yeah, so was? the final the final three names that came out were uh ed lewis frank gotch luthez uh luthez booked himself into the finals uh <laughs> you know it's been known to happen so uh ed lewis did beat frank gotch uh, to make it in there but in the end uh the strangler uh, couldn't overcome uh, Luthez, so uh, the win uh, went to Travis Heckel, uh, who had Luthez throughout there, um, and uh, he won uh, copies of the original seven Legends cards that we had done before the box set. Uh, however, I believe Travis already owned those, so he is donating those into the auction. So uh, there you go. There's your yeah. first one. That will be in the auction. There will be all seven of those original uh, legends cards before the box set that this will be your opportunity to get those i know they've been talking about them uh recently on um uncharted territory podcast kind of going through their review of the legends cards they mentioned these you can get your hands on them we, we have them for that yeah uh super cool too i mean there there's some differences here and there with the cards uh obviously even beyond the the you know the artwork and and uh, uh the backs of the cards too but um that was also really cool of Travis to kind of, you know, donate them back to, to the auction. Um, and uh, it, it ended up being, yeah, it ended up being a really fun tournament uh, the use of the new charts enhanced things a lot. Uh, obviously the tournament emanated from St. Louis, Missouri um, and Lufez clearly. <laughs> book Although he, he booked himself in a heck of a match against the great Gama. Early. That's oh, right. Gama, Gama lost yeah. the match, but looked real strong in doing so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that kind of, that wrapped us up for day one. Uh, you know, one of the things that was kind of cool is that with, with having the two days, I, I think both of them felt, um, you know, full and, and fun and, and nothing went on too long. And, you know, it just kind of felt like a nice tight day. And um, there was the opportunity for people if they wanted to stick around and kind of hang out, you know, you, you set up a Zoom link so that people could do a watch along for WrestleMania. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, the, the the sense of community, just having everybody together, hanging out, it's always a really good time. And, and this was definitely no exception. Uh, and then day two, uh, we kicked off with uh, some tournaments again. Uh, Todd, why don't you kind of give us the rundown on those tournaments real quick? Yeah, so uh, day two, uh, Champions of the Galaxy Day, we kicked off with our FTR tournament. Um, 
This is a eight uh, character tournament. And um, in the end, uh, we had the winner was Mayhem, uh, who was, uh, actually had a couple of nice upsets there throughout the day. Uh, I know one of the big upsets uh, you know, early on, I know Pardon was definitely the, the favorite going in to the tournament. Jim Steele had Pardon, and uh, Jim Steele, as usual, unfortunately couldn't come through with the big win there. Uh, 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 oh, no, you get him next time, Jim. Um, and so vacant. Jim, it was vacant that took, that took him out. Took him and out. Yeah. it was Jack that had vacant. Jack, Jack yeah. had vacant, and then Jack lost to Mayhem in the end. Yeah. So. Congratulations goes out uh, to Drew Harmon. Uh, so Drew, as, as winning that, is going to get to uh, create a character uh, for FTR. I believe it might be beginning of next year. So a little bit, a little bit of a long-term prize, but he gets a long time uh, to kind of think about what character to go into that. Uh, yeah, I think Rob, uh, we'll, we can talk about it a little later on, but he did kind of explain some of the plans for Coming up this year, we'll do another FTR set, and then next year will be some fan-created contests. But uh, Drew kind of gets that first spot um, in there for next year. So congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that, that, that tournament ended up being a lot of fun, and obviously the prize was really cool. And yeah, like I said, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, and then, of course, we also had our, our War Games 2091 tournament. Yep, uh, that one, uh, we had all 12 characters from the 2091 set. Uh, yeah, we, we did at least the first two rounds beforehand, but they, I'll just mention how, how it all shook out at the end. Um, we, it came down to Spike, Justice, and the Matador of M83. Uh, Spike uh, took out the Matador in a pretty good match there. Finally hit the Mega Destroyer after kind of surviving the first two rounds uh, without pulling it, pulling it out. I know he had a really, you know, there's a couple of really long matches in there. I know. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, in, in the end, Spike was able to make it uh, up against justice in the finals. Spike won the whole tournament and uh, congratulations goes out to Lee Longpree for, uh, for guiding Spike uh, to the win. And Lee won as, as part of that, a, um, 20, the original black and white 2091 set, uh, which is in uh, high, you know, short supply, high demand, hopefully in a, in a short period of time, as well as a flyer from 2090. Uh, yeah. we, we clarified the prices did no longer applied, <laughs> uh, but uh, it was still a cool collectible to have. And I know Lee was really excited uh, to get his hands on that. Yeah. It's funny how those flyers, like I, I, I realized when I was kind of going through, because I, I remember when I first started, uh, you know, buying sets, I, I kind of just kept everything in, in a box that I had. And then I had a sort of this plastic tub that eventually inherited like my notebooks and, you know, with match results and, and everything. And uh, I was going through it the other day and I realized that at the bottom of it, like were all of those flyers and most of the envelopes. Cause I kept all of that uh, stuff, yeah. you know, I didn't throw it out. That's uh, great. and, and, and just because, yeah, there was something about it that always seemed cool. And plus there was a time there when I would, you know, when I was kind of catching up back in like the, you know, probably late nineties or whatever, when I'd pull those out and be like, okay, what do I need to buy next? You know? <laughs> um, well, so those like, flyers are cool. I missed like, you know, I, I, I started, uh, the 2093 was the, the latest set out when I started. Uh, so I missed some of those early flyers, you know, when they first came out, but Tom at one point through the promoter had put out the, you know, or I don't know, the promoter just on the site, he was selling a collector's pack 
and it basically it had a lot of those old flyers and uh you know weird cards and stuff like that and i was like okay you know at the time i was like okay it's cool you know just for you know whatever you had lying around but now i'm sure like it's probably how you sought after stuff within the community for sure yeah oh yeah i I can i can imagine um especially some of those older things because like you said i i I can't remember which set was the most current set when i started playing um it probably would have been i'm guessing 2090 2098 maybe okay yes so yeah so anything pre-2098 like i never really had the opportunity to 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 get my hands on other than of course the sets um so yeah a couple of years you know when we had uh galactic up in jamestown uh jack would bring his like cotg museum and it had all those flyers and things like that and would lay it out around the dining room at the sheldon house so that was always a lot of fun yeah i've got an old trifold that has like blue ink you know that that like probably done in like 1989 that's that's the one that's the one we just gave away it was a blue ink trifold one yeah yeah i I think i've got that sitting around so in in somewhere in in my collectible area that uh that that, that's one's really cool you know and you get i i actually just found a file with some of the old announcements too so it was like you know looking at like monad being announced you know (laughs) whatever you know it's a cool stuff i mean it's uh it's really neat to look at it too, just how yeah, how, you know how far the games come, but how cool it was even at that point. Yeah, yeah. we should we should do an episode on that one of these days. <laughs> um, uh, and then of course we got into the panels, which was great because of course we were joined by uh, Tom Filsinger, the Dark Menace himself, uh, and uh, Tom had some cool announcements for us. Uh, you know the, the the biggest one, I suppose, being that in addition to of course twenty one thirty seven coming out in July, that there would be a regular edition and a deluxe edition. Mike, tell us all about the deluxe edition. I've, I've been sworn to secrecy. I can't tell anyone. That's a, that's a, you know, you have to understand when the dark menace brings you into his confidence, there are repercussions if you violate that confidence. So it's, we all know what happened to Monolith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just, it, you know, I think it's it's really exciting. I mean, you know, Tom's been talking about this for a little while, and he thought, you know, I think he said it in, it, at uh, uh, the Road to Galacticon that, that uh, he's been listening to a lot of vinyl lately and you know the stuff that comes with a vinyl record very different than a digital download say or a uh, even a, uh, a cd so i think that you know he's trying to do something special uh for fans and it's it's not going to be something that you have to have um but i think it'll uh it'll certainly make the set interesting so i, th- I think people will really kind of get a kick out of it because tom, tom's going to do something fun with it and i think anybody who's seen Tom do stuff in the past, they, they know that he, he likes to do stuff to make it better for fans and, and give them something interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, even thinking back to like just a couple of years ago, we got like the Crime Stoppers, you know, comic book covers and stuff, which was really cool. So uh, I think, uh, there's, there, yeah, there's always, there's always something neat uh, in store for us. And I, I'm not alone and really looking forward to seeing what those collectible items will be. Um, you know, one of the things too, that he talked about, which we, you know, we've talked a little bit on the uh, podcast before about was the idea of like, you know, when to give teasers, when not to give teasers, you know, do you give any, do you give, you know, uh, a little bit, none. And, uh, you know, obviously he seems to be kind of in the camp of saying like, and he wants to give some um without you know giving away the whole story obviously uh so i am really looking forward to when we start getting those those teases um from him 
Well, and and we might have talked about this back on the King of Pro Wrestling podcast, um, but but you know, there's a difference between teasers and spoilers, right? Right. So, um, and and the key is to tease something that doesn't spoil something else. Um, you know, and and I think you know Tom, Tom's uh, pretty diligent about that, unless it's unless he's talking about um, Bounty Hunter being unmasked uh, <laughs> uh, uh, back in the day. I mean, he's usually pretty good about. Giving you giving you some information that really doesn't paint the whole picture. So, I think that's uh, you know I think it's kind of a cool thing because, um, you know you you open up that booklet for the first time and you, you know it, it, it's you you're still surprised, which you know it's kind of like Christmas morning a little bit in July. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so we had a great conversation with him. He also that night um, took part in, in a podcast and announced that there would be a new artist for this set, which is uh, very cool. Um, you know, we haven't seen anything yet, um, but uh, I'm sure that it's only a matter of time before we get our first, you know, first piece of art. Um, but yeah, I. I Todd, why don't you tell us a little bit about that or, or whatever you can tell us? <laughs> uh, yeah, there is, you know, some uh, Daryl Banks will still be working on the set. Uh, there's somebody else that's going to be helping out with coloring uh, as well as, in, you know, some other, I think some other additional artwork uh, for the, for the set and for the, probably for the collectibles as well. Um, so um, yeah, so it's great to have somebody yeah, don't, also don't. in there. Don't anyone worry. Like nothing's happening to Daryl or Werner. No, right. Let's be clear about that. This is more, you know, we've really been Werner in particular. We've been yeah. working really hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we, we went from doing, you know, a legends release a year and a, a champions release a year and like probably a couple, what, indies, couple yeah. of indies releases to doing five different release cycles and three different products, each release cycle plus prime, you know, so it's, it's an, a ton of work and, you know, and, and, you know, we're not Warner's full-time job, you know, he's got other, other work he does. So it, it, it you know, we want to lighten his workload a little bit, uh, but we're still, don't worry, everybody, we your favorite neighborhood Warner will still be uh, patrolling the neighborhood. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, uh, that's cool. I mean, I, obviously, you know, both Warner and, and Daryl have contributed such uh, wonderful pieces to the uh, COTG and Legends. And, and I, you know, I don't think anybody wants to see them go anywhere. So it's always nice to know that they're not. But it's also very cool that, you know, that there will be another kind of member of the team. And, you know, like I said, lighten the, lighten the load a little bit. And, and, and also, you know, it's just fun to have kind of that, you know, diverse art style when you get, you know, you get a few different artists together. So uh, looking forward to seeing what can come of that. Um, after, you know, uh, Tom uh, had 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 his piece and the dark menace uh, left us, uh, we talked to Rob Bobian about FTR, which was a lot of fun. You know, I don't want to go too in depth about this panel uh, because we're actually going to have Rob on uh, our next episode uh, to talk uh, in depth about FTR and indeed about each individual character. So that'll be a really cool opportunity for people to hear what's gone into those sets. And, you know, I'm sure we'll uh, have some great conversations about statting cards too, because I always love picking his brain about that. Um, 
but it was a great conversation. One of the things that Rob did uh, announce that I do feel like is, is, is worth you know, putting on here is that after he finishes, you know, the, the Kronos uh, uh, arc and the FTR arc that he's working on right now, that he is going to retire from, from writing, from, you know, contributing creatively to the Phil Singer Games universe. Uh, Mike is smiling right now. So uh, it makes me think that maybe Mike thinks that that's going to be a, you know, uh, a Ric Flair kind of retirement, but uh, maybe not. Rob had a very, I mean, it was, it was Rob had privately had a similar uh, discussion with me uh, before uh, uh, this past weekend. But, but I think that, um, you know, Rob's a passionate guy and, and he wants to put, you know, his heart and soul into what he does. And I think, you know, it, when he said that he meant it, it was, it was from the heart that he was speaking. Um, but I'm I'm hopeful, I guess that 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 uh, you know Rob will, will, will it'll be more than a year and a half in, uh, that Rob will still be involved with Phil Singer games. So I'll just yeah. say I'll put it that way. It's 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 uh, hopeful optimism. Now, well, now, I, I to, to oh, what he on. says though, you know, is the is there an opportunity to maybe have FTR continue and somebody else ride it? Absolutely. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I, I'm just saying that for those who think that Rob's just going to pack up the bags and and roll out, you know, I'm I'm hopeful that will th- there'll be a uh, uh, there'll always be a home for Rob. Yeah. yeah. Maybe well, it may not be FTR or something. It may be, but it might be something else. So. And and the really cool thing is too is is like you're saying, Todd, is that you know he he felt very strongly uh, that he, you know these things should continue but that maybe they shouldn't continue with him, you know, being, being the creative mind behind it. And, and I just think that that's fantastic. Uh, that, that the idea is, is that, you know, he's given, you know, kind of back, if you will, to, to the company and to the fans. And, and part of that is also leaving that, that sort of legacy of saying like, now somebody else pick this up and go somewhere with it, which to me is, is, kind of beautiful, you know, honestly, if being completely honest, I think it's just a beautiful way to think about it and a wonderful way to, to have um, a kind of a collaboration um, with not only, you know, with like Tom, with Mike, but also just with the, the fandom and the game universe as a whole. Uh, so kudos to him for that. Um, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before, but of course, Kronos, um, you know, he plans on wrapping that up but also leaving things open enough that it's just, that it is kind of the ultimate, it's up to you promoter universe where you get to just do whatever you want to do. And again, that doesn't, you know, preclude somebody else from coming along perhaps and continuing the story down the road, but uh, that it, that it kind of will exist as a sandbox for promoters. Um, It's always great to talk to Rob. I really enjoy talking to Rob. I've gotten to work with him on a couple of little things, um, you know, with the videos and stuff and and have taken a a peek behind the the curtain before things have gotten released. And uh, I, I just appreciate what, you know, what he's given. So I'm really looking forward to, to next time when we get to talk to him in depth about the FTR stuff. Um, and then the man of the hour, the man with the power was Mike Molesky himself. We talked about uh, Future Shock uh, and you got to reveal some awesome artwork. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I, I, I wasn't going to tell anybody what it was, but then Todd, it, it popped up on the screen and said Ventros.jpg. So I, I guess that that <laughs> sort of teased it a little bit. Um you know, no, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we talked about, you know, I think people have been expecting the Ravagers to show up at some point. They had their scout Rundar um, arrived the year before. So it, it seems pretty it, it seemed a pretty safe bet that he wasn't the last one who was going to show up. And, and in fact, he won't be. So 
Um, I think people people seem to react very well to the art. I mean, I think that that was well received. I think Warner did a very nice job with that one. Um, and you know, we, like I said, people had fun with it. So I, to me, that was a success. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it, it's always you know fun getting the chance to talk with you about it, and and I think that uh, yeah, the artwork was fantastic. I thought it was nice. The you know the, there was something about it that tied in really nicely to his original card from twenty one eleven. You know, without looking like it was just you know a, a replica of that piece. Um, and uh, I know you were you you wanted to be a little cagey. You didn't want to let too much go about what was coming up. Uh, but there was definitely some cool teases about like Oracle and and just you know the future in general and. Um, it was, it was, you know, it's, all, it's, it's always fun to talk about that stuff. And we did some pretty lengthy episodes on, on King of Pro Wrestling about the first two sets. And I know we'll, we'll get in depth when the, when the third one comes out. Yeah. Well, I, and, and I'm, I'm still writing right now as, as we speak. So I'm actually, I, it's up on my screen behind the zoom uh, <laughs> right now. Uh, and I was, I was, before we, we got on the podcast, I was actually doing some work on some of the card stats. So, um, oh, nice. I've uh, got, uh, Couple of them done. Couple of them, you know, some of them are still in progress. But uh, came up with, I, I finalized one of the cards uh, that I was on the fence about doing uh, for this set, and decided actually after a conversation with Todd today that to to go forward with a particular uh, card. And I think uh, I've I've got a pretty uh, I'm pretty excited about him. I don't. There's nobody like him in in my Fed right now. So it's uh, I, I could I could use a little spice in my uh, CWF, and I think this guy will provide it. Well, all right, I'm, I'm making a note so that in three months I can ask you exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> I might even let you ask me before then. You never know. One of the benefits of being on this podcast is if right. you're listening, you may actually get something to drop uh, before it's officially teased. So. Well, and one of the things that you kind of, and obviously like, you know, as always, until the set is like actually gone to print, things can change. So none of this oh, yeah. is a guarantee, but you did tease that, you know, most likely we would see an up, at least, you know, one update uh, of an existing character that we would get uh, a new tag team, which is exciting. Uh, at least one, you know, maybe, maybe more depending on how the story plays out. Uh, so it, it sounds like it's just going to be a great uh, addition to, uh, you know, a universe that people are really, really enjoying and have enjoyed from the get go. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, from the tag team perspective, I know a lot of people say fraternity is the, you know, they're they're hard to get the belts off of. I think in this set, you'll have at least, uh, you'll have, yeah, two teams that will definitely give them a run for their money. Excellent. I'm guessing that we're getting a Ravager tag team that's just going to... Maybe three teams. You never... Oh, my goodness. Wow. Tag team. Oh, I love it. I love it. Maybe some trios action, too, to go along with it. Could be. <laughs> As a matter um, of fact, I think each one of those teams, each one of those tag teams, you could make a trio for the, the, that I, in my head that is, as I sit here. Nice. And don't quote me on that. But uh, I do have a big trios tournament in my Central Fed, so I'm looking forward to add some more talent to that. Yeah, uh, I'll be... That'll be very, very cool. Um, you know, we, we pretty much wrap things up from there. We did a little bit more kind of general company news, repeating most of the stuff that we had talked about on day one for folks that might not have been around for uh, um, that stuff. Uh, but overall, you know, I thought it was just a heck of a fun time uh, as usual. Um, people seem to really enjoy it. Uh, you know, I felt, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, I felt a little off my game on day one, uh, but felt more comfortable on day two and, and had a great time. And uh, it was just, yeah, it, 
it has become a very special part of the community when we get together and do these these virtual cons. And, you know, I know, Mike, you were saying that while we were doing it, that, you know, you were kind of hungry for the in-person aspect, mm-hmm. but that this has been a wonderful way to kind of keep, you know, keep people's faces around, keep, you know, keep the, the, the conversation going. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that um, I, I wouldn't, you know, obviously, if I, if I could do away with COVID, I would. But if you want to take the silver lining from COVID, it's that, you know, just kind of like you, know, you had the first Galacticon, you know, where that changed the game community, right? You know, that that, that made things different. You had the uh, Club Galactica and the GWF promoter that changed the, the game community. You had, um, you know, the first uh, guest book on the Phil Singer Games website and then, the you know, uh, Chris Ingersoll's uh, discussion board and then, we eventually, you know, get other discussion boards and then the Phil Singer Games official discussion board. And, you know, we've had podcasts and then we had, you know, now we have the virtual Galacticon, which, you know, then spurred these quarterly get togethers, uh, you know, the perennial Road to Galacticon. Do we have a name for the fall yet, Todd? Or is that just... I call we we call it the uh, holiday kickoff last year, but we yeah. So I don't know if we're going to keep that or we're going to go with something new this year. But we need to workshop a cool name, yeah. Right, (laughs) you know, something like you know, uh, you know, uh, something, something. We'll 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 put the marketing team on it. But um, (laughs) I I think that it's just it's been great being able to enhance the game community one more time. That being said, I do like I don't want to say that like oh the in person thing is passe or something. I think it's really there's another level of involvement there, a, a level of interaction that I think is valuable. And, you know, whether you've been to, um, you know, one of these, 10 of these, 20 of these, it, it, it's, it's a great experience for people. And, and so, um, and, and it's like a family reunion. So I, I think that as much as I enjoy these virtual get togethers and as cool as they've been, I'm just looking forward to having an opportunity to actually see my friends again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well we, had, we, we had one, uh, one promoter joined us. He hadn't uh, talked to anybody in person about uh, champions of the galaxy since the third Galacticon. And then he, he came in uh, uh, to this one, which was awesome uh, to, to, to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, that that's been one of the really cool things about this. And, you know, I can speak on a personal level is that it's allowed people the opportunity to come in and take part that have never been afforded that opportunity before um, for whatever reason. And so uh, it's just really cool to see the number of people that show up that haven't ever been able to go to a Galacticon before, or, you know, any of the in-person events that have taken place. So, uh, you know, that alone has, has made, uh, you know, kind of that's the silver lining within the silver lining in a way. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I'm certainly looking forward to being able to be in person. You know, there, there are there are some things that we can't necessarily do as well. You know, some of the side conversations, kind of like what you were talking about, Mike, and, you know, the opportunity to, you know, break off into your own small groups and, you know, do do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You know, everybody is kind of, you know, focused on the one thing. But at the same time, I think that, yeah, the, the way that they've worked and, 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 and what we've been able to do uh, has just been great and, and filled that niche and, and, and expanded it because beforehand it was just the one event a year. And now here we are, you know, not even a year later and, and we've done, you know, what, five of these things, basically, if you count last year's Galacticon. So yeah, um, four. Yeah, yeah. One, yeah. Yeah. Started with that one. And yeah, one, one each season after that. 
Yeah. So, uh, so it's been, it's been really cool. And, you know, and obviously I've been privileged enough to take part in them, um, you know, from that, that hosting level, which has been a, a ton of fun. So I, I, I look forward to it. Um, so that wraps up the road to Galacticon. Uh, again, it was, it was a really great time. Uh, and I, you know, just thank you to everyone that, that came up, that participated, that asked questions, um, and, and that hung out and, and, you know, engaged in, in any way. And, you know, of course, flooded the message boards afterwards to talk about all the things that, that got, uh, got announced. Um, but now I think it's time for us to flick on that spotlight and swivel it over so that we can talk about some ringside personnel cards. So when the GWF began for the first few years, um, you know, all we really had were wrestler cards and then we got a manager card and, and now all of a sudden it's like, Ooh, you know, there's something different. There's something new here, but it would take us a few sets, uh, 2092 specifically before we got, uh, an authority figure. And that of course was commissioner Zachary Carter. Um, it was a great card. I mean, to this day, I honestly, there have been times when for, uh, you know, an Indies fed or even the legends fed, when I would pull out the commissioner Carter card, just so that I could roll a suspension or a title match stipulation. Um, because it, it, you know, in some cases compared to maybe some of the other authority figure cards, which we'll talk about in a second, it might seem a little basic. And yet at the same time, it helped to really set a standard to say, you know, this is how you roll your suspensions. This is how you roll your, you know, your title matches. And now you've got this character that can kind of help enrich your fed. Uh, Mike, what are your memories of kind of using that card or first getting that card? Well, I mean, I thought it was really cool. Like it was, again, we were, uh, you know, talking earlier, you know, you, you get this added dimension to your fed at that point. It's no longer, you know, just sort of you doing it, you know, is when I was younger, I remembered, you know, like the authority figure of Jack Tunney, right. You know, um, yeah. and, and, and so you, you, you now have your own, you know, we didn't have to, you know, imagine what would I, it wasn't all in your mind. You could actually say, okay, how can I make this fair? Right. You know, how can I have it be introduce a little randomness to my fed through this and how do I suspend guys? Like other than just saying they're suspended. So it was, it was kind of, I, I thought it was really cool when I, when I got it and I definitely used it. I mean, I, and I had like, you know, imagine some of my lower to lower mid card guys demanding title shots you know, <laughs> in a couple and they, they, you know, storm into commissioner Carter's office and I just roll on the, roll on the uh, chart and see what happens. And next thing you know, vanity's getting squashed by chaos or something. <laughs> Yeah, I loved adding that element of chance to some of those big decisions uh, that, yeah, it no longer had to just be, you know, something that you decided arbitrarily that now here it was that you could, you know, kind of, you know, roll the dice, literally. Uh, Todd, what about you? What were some of your early memories of that card? Yeah, I mean, it was cool to have, you know, something to, especially on the suspension thing, you know, when we had different injuries and stuff like that, you know, having that suspension thing to kind of counteract that, that always worked for me. Title matches, I think I usually decided more on my own. I maybe use it here and there, but it's just kind of cool having that, you know, extra little element to it. And again, so a storyline person um, to, to, to have if you, if you needed uh, that authority figure. So it was neat. I'm glad to have uh, decided to include that card. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, it would not be the last uh, that we would see. We would get, uh, you know, when Commissioner Carter's reign ended, which actually was, you know, I love the way that that tied into the storyline of when uh, Pulsar was was burned, um, that, that, you know, Carter decided that 
you know, enough is enough. I'm, I'm taking a hike. And uh, that's when the mighty Grogan stepped in to become Commissioner Grogan. Uh, and of course, there would be tons of controversy throughout his run as the CPC era uh, was ushered in. And it became clear that he could no longer be trusted. Um, and, and, you know, of course, we would go through other permutations of, of sort of authority figures, including Gordanus, and uh, eventually get to, to Massif in 2119. Um, who are some of the other, you know, kind of authority figure names that stand out to you, Todd? Um, I liked when we had the the separate uh, GWF and CPC authority figures uh, after a little time with uh, Omega and uh, Morpheus versus uh, Grogan there, kind of having the counteracting one. So whatever, you know, arena you were in that time, you know, you had a different authority figure and it might play differently. I really like that little twist. Commissioner Guile stands out. Commissioner Guile is great. Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Omega and Morpheus card because I thought it was always cool to imagine, you know, the two of them kind of working together on this. And and, and it, it added, for me, it added an additional creative element because, you know, there were times when I would, you know, roll a suspension, for instance, and be surprised. There's one thing in particular that I can't remember exactly what it spun out of, but I I, I was expecting, you know, I need to have a suspension here because the guy's going to be, you know, out for like, you know, 10 cards or whatever and no action was taken and it was just sort of like now i had to kind of come up with a reason why they wouldn't take any action against this guy and uh and and it was always neat to kind of play them off of one another um but yeah guile and and, and grogan both being kind of cpc commissioners it was always interesting to uh you know play around with that dynamic of of you know wrestling on enemy turf in some instances uh, and having the the deck stacked against you uh mike what about you any any authority figures and it doesn't necessarily even have to be restricted just to to cotg but any any authority figures that stand out for you well you know i mean obviously i mean personally i kind of like the the teddy long uh authority figure you know just uh, he was uh obviously you know in legends uh since we've gone to call the first authority figure we were able to put in and and i I actually got to meet Teddy Long and he's a really cool guy. Um, nice. So that was, and, and I always loved his on-screen persona, but his in-person persona is really cool too. So, um, you know, he's, uh, uh, that to me was a little, I'll, I'll say, you know, I marked a little bit on that one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I like that in, in terms of commissioner cards. Um, yeah. I, the Omega Morpheus one too was you know, another one that I found really interesting since they had this rivalry going on and yet they have to, put all that aside to sort of for the good of the fed. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the Teddy long card because uh, I, I think that that card's great. And you know, the, the, the fact that, you you know you could have had him be a manager. You could have had him be a referee. There are you know all these roles, and maybe we will see that card eventually from the Legends lines. But there's all these roles that you could have a guy like Teddy Long fill, and instead we get this awesome you know kind of authority figure slash Legends commissioner card, um, which uh, is awesome. And, and of course, naturally, there's going to be the opportunity some tag team matches play. So, um, yeah. <laughs> that's right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to dish some dirt here on this one here. Oh boy. The original draft of the Teddy long card did not have an option of getting, making a tag team match. So no. when I saw the original draft, I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. We got to add a tag team match in here. So yeah, I made sure that that was taken care of. And, and you know, while there might be a certain, um, you know, undead person that we can't necessarily book in there, uh, you can also uh, have the guy face off against. But if, but if you had a big, strong guy who was yeah, really intimidating, you yeah. might use him in that role. 
Exactly. So there, there is an option to face one of the bigger guys in, in the promotion too. I wanted to make sure that was represented as well. So, yeah. Um, Leader of the locker room type, that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, there have been some really, really cool authority figure cards uh, throughout the history of the game. And, uh, you know, even recently with some of like the God's End cards um, that, that Tom has has released in uh, in the GWF have been really cool. Um, but it doesn't stop there because we know that wrestling is not always just about wrestling and decision making. It's about talking. And so it would only be natural that we would have some talk show cards. Uh, and of course, the very first one was Johnny Rocket's launching pad from 2098. Um, awesome card. Uh, you know, just great opportunity to add, again, some more spice, another level to your Fed, give you the opportunity to, uh, you know, have some heated moments uh, happen between competitors, uh, maybe even some brawls. Um, and, and, and it, you know, really kicked off kind of the rich history of that, those types of cards, which have been carried, you know, all the way up until like most recently, I think with the Gordon Soli cards, which are, you know, awesome. I, I love using those cards. Um, Todd, what are your memories of Johnny rocket and other, you know, kind of talk show type cards that we've had throughout the years? Well, yeah, I was lucky enough to get the um, Johnny Rocket card when it first came out. I was a promoter subscriber at that time, so I did get that uh, card. Um, and, yeah, I really loved having that because it, it was another segment that I can put into the show that would affect things, but it wouldn't be a match. Somebody who maybe you know just had a you know, match the previous card I didn't want to use again, this could help set up their next feud and, and whatnot. I really kind of had, liked having that extra thing in there. So I think I would book a, a talk show almost every card once I started uh, getting the Johnny Rocket card. Yeah. And that's, you know, why when you have the chance to participate in something as cool as the GWF promoter, you should, because I didn't at the time. I, I, I think I had, um, I just, for whatever reason, hadn't gotten around to subscribing and I never had those cards until years and years and years later. And I, and I hated it because I, I, you know, at that point, you know, I'd already run that piece of my Fed's history, and I looked at the card when I finally got it. I'm like, oh my goodness, this would have been so much fun, yeah, to use back then. And I'm like, darn you for not having subscribed. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I felt similarly because I didn't, you know, I, I subscribed for honestly a short amount of time, you know, right towards the end of high school, beginning of college. And, uh, you know, there were some cool things, but, but, you know, nothing like uh, Johnny Rocket card and, you know, some of the other stuff that I, that I missed out on. But um, I was there know, for P3 and Tyranny. I got, I got my, I got back in the game, but, but, uh, but, but I had missed the Johnny Rocket card. That was a disappointment. Yeah, no, same, same here. I, I, I was, that was around the time when I was subscribing was with P3 and Tyranny. And then, you know, shortly after I stopped, but um, uh, there've been, you know, a, a number of other cool cards. You know, you had the Qualitars talk show, uh, Trisis, uh, the, the view with Wiggy. There's, you know, there's been, um, you know, some really cool cards uh, that, that have come along that, that offered, you know, similar functions. Um, tech. Right. Vid Tech, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, which uh, I use that card a lot too. Um, and, uh, yeah, just the opportunity to to have characters face off in a way that didn't involve a match, you know, was was really really cool. And and let your imagination kind of take off from there. Uh, I always appreciated. Um, and I'm, you know, I look forward to to whatever comes next because there's been some really cool cards that we've gotten recently that are, you know, a little bit different here and there. Um, 
out of that realm, we also have, of course, our special referee cards. And the first amongst those was in, uh, the massive referee card, um, which is, uh, you know, a, a great card um, that debuted in. I had it right in front of me and now it is gone. And I don't remember off the top of my 2099. We're, we're showing them how the sausages are made now. Yes. 2099. Thank you. Yeah, that sounds uh, right. right. 2099 special edition card, massive referee. I'm sure there are listeners out there that are like, well, I could have told them that. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so that card, you know, the, the neat thing about it is that a, you just think of massive as being a referee, like just the visual there alone. But then of course we get, you know, some really cool rules, um, you, you know, which include, uh, things that have to do with disqualifications and distractor ratings and just, you know, it was, it was just a really cool, uh, card to have, um, that again, added a new layer. One of the things that I loved when the new beginning set was released and massive was the commission. Commissioner were, were the addition of the three referees on his card because I thought in a way whether it was intentional or not that it was kind of a nice callback to the fact that this guy was your first special referee and now here are the referees that he uses and here are some special little rules that you can add to spice up your fed and, and I also of course love that Torin Kalem was one of the the referees I thought that was awesome um, and Massive of course has played such an important part in the history of the GWF and and, and filling these different roles you know being this huge big baby face hero and then being a special you know, guest referee and then of course becoming a commissioner at one point um, was always just super cool and the neat thing was is he got uh, another uh, referee card down the road that played into the feud with uh, Commander Sam's army and I think that was in 2104 um, you know so it was like you kind of could pick and choose who you were going to use or how you were going to use him depending on you know uh, uh, who was in the ring, which I thought was really cool uh, as well. Um, and of course we've gotten, you know, other referees throughout the, throughout the years. Uh, Todd, what are some of your thoughts on some of these special referee cards? Well, you know, um, yeah, I did. I you know, loved having that massive one in there. I probably didn't use the 2104 one as much. I don't think there was as many options on that one as there was the initial one. Uh, but that it was, was more about of, Sam Stormtroopers, right? It was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sam yeah. Stormtroopers. Yeah. It was a smaller, smaller stuff that you could do with it there. Uh, but the first one was really great. It was kind of cool having that big special referee. He always, he kind of reminded me of like uh, big John McCarthy from the uh, UFC at the time, you know, <laughs> having that big guy in there is like, no, no, you ain't going to do this. You know? So that, that was always uh, neat to have, uh, need to have him in there. Um, yes. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I would use the special referees every once in a while. Um, I did really like designing some of the referee cards later on. Like it was some of the things that, you know, I was always involved some later on with some of the non-wrestling cards. So getting to help design a couple of the referees, like um, the Bryce Remsburg card yes. in the Chikara set, I think really kind of added in like all like the silliness represented there. Um, yeah. I, myself and Zeke worked together on um, uh, the card for Todd Sinclair for the ROH set that yeah. really kind of, was like you know meant to like make dramatic main events so you know we try to take you know try to take advantage of like you know taking the referee but kind of maybe doing something different with it depending on like the flavor of the promotion they're representing on the indie side so i always had a lot of fun with that yeah the the bryce rimsburg card uh, i loved and when i had my chikara fed i would use that card frequently uh just because it was so much fun you know silliness ensued most of the time and it was just a great way to kind of kick off some of those some of those i matches. had to include the dance contest on well, there. I, I was just gonna say yeah. to have the dance contest on there i mean it's so captured 
you know, I mean, you look at Bryce now, what he's doing on television, right? you know, like he's, he's a straight arrow, like, you know, and, and he's great at his job. He really, um, I think enhances the product that, uh, you know, in the brand. He still gets a but, little bit of the character over. Not, he doesn't right, get to do like it, Hurricane but, Ron but, is like in Chicago. <laughs> but, you know. but I guess it's, it's a testament to just how good a referee Bryce is that he can play that role now after having played the role he did in Chicago where you'd have dance contests and all that. I mean, it was just, to me, it, it, the, the card captured him perfectly. And, you know, just shout out to Bryce for being an awesome referee in general. So, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, he, he's, he's a really cool guy. I get to meet him um, once. And Todd, I'm sure you probably met him as well, right? But yeah. Um, we've talked about our authority figures, our talk shows, and uh, our referees. But that's not all, because there have been other cards, you know, throughout the history of the game that have filled kind of important niches. And, and, you know, I think ring announcers would certainly be one of them. Um, you know, we have the, the Gary Michael Capetta card, uh, which is an awesome card. That was a black and white legends card. We had uh, the Bobby Cruz card for ring of honor. Um, you know, uh, Todd, you were talking about the fact that you kind of had, had helped design, had a hand in designing some of these special cards. Tell yeah. us a little bit about those ring announcer cards. Well, I didn't do much on the uh, Gary Michael Capetta one, but I think I did, I did was involved with the Bobby Cruz one. Uh, I think back in the day, like I actually also done uh, like one of the first um, uh, cards of a bootleg card for Vanity and Dragon Master. As, yeah. As um, as a the, the announcing TV team. announcer, announcing team, uh, which I think really, really helped. It's kind of like you know, doing something that kind of how do you start off the match was kind of thing and like and really kind of influencing, you know, how the how the announcers kind of influence that. Uh, so I had a lot of fun you know, doing doing those and. Yeah, involved whether it's you know i don't think we've done too much in the way of we did the ian riccaboni we did that one as well mm-hmm. i was involved with with that one too uh with zeke uh working on that one as, as a um as a tv announcer card so it's fun just kind of trying to figure out different personnel that you can bring in that really kind of you can either start a match a certain way or have an effect on some way that the match uh if something that happens in the match i i think that it just adds a lot more uh, realism to whatever that product is. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, thoughts about cards? You know, the, the I mean, really any of the cards, even stuff that we've already talked about, but just some of these, you know, outside the ring personnel cards um, that we've had. Well, I, th- I think it's amazing how we went from a game that had, you know, sort of, you know, you know, lower card guys, mid card guys, and, and main event guys to okay, we had tag specialists all of a sudden. Then we had, you know, enhancement. We had the, or some major card that came into play. And, and it was like, we just kept building out and and, and, the, and Tom kind of kept building this uh, enhancements to the game that made it more managers, uh, enhancement guys. Then we went into these announcers and referees and authority figures. And I mean, we even had a photographer in Legends for crying out loud. That's right. We forgot to talk about the Mike right. Rano card. Yeah. Right. I mean, so... so so, you know, it's sort of and one of those also Lyle where, Williams, uh, photographer card too. Yes, Lyle <laughs> Williams. Can't forget Lyle. Rest in peace. Lyle was, was awesome. And I was really glad we got to do him, but you know, it's, um, it, it's just so neat to see there's so many different things. So you really can't rule anything out. Right. I mean, you know, if, if you can, if, if it's possible to be part of a, a wrestling show, we can do a card for it. Right. And that's, that's the neatest part of it is we found, I mean, honestly, there's some of them, like, I never thought we'd have gotten a ring announcer card, right? You know, like, or a photographer <laughs> card. Like, how could this, but it works. And and, and it really makes, it, it, it's, it really gives variety to your matches. So, 
you, you don't want to run, you know, if you've got a small fed you're running and you don't want to have the same old, same old, but you just, you, you use one of these other cards to help really change up the dynamic of a match. And that, that to me is what's really cool about it. Yeah, the fact that you could, you know, basically find yourself, um, you know, changing the complexion of a match or a feud um, just by using a card, it was always something that that uh, I don't know. It it helped to add a new layer of creativity, Um, and and there were plenty of times when I would roll the dice and get something that I wasn't expecting or frankly didn't want. And it kind of, you know, forced me to be even more creative. Uh, you know, I remember one time, um, I had a feud going between Incubus and Prodigy and I wanted them to to have a ladder match. Now I obviously could have just been like, I'm going to book them in a ladder match, but I decided to, you know, roll the dice and, and see what would happen, uh, in the special match chart. And, uh, I got a coffin match. And at first I was just kind of like, I mean, I'm sure it'll be cool, but it's not going to be a ladder match. But I went with it anyway, and it ended up being one of the best matches I've ever rolled, period. Um, and and led into like a three match series between them, which I eventually, you know, had a ladder match. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I, 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 the, the, the fact that chance has Did you always, roll for that ladder match. No, um, <laughs> the fact that you know chance has always played such a big part in the game. I mean, naturally, it's you know it's built into the to the gameplay, but that you you add this new layer um, in, in terms of the decision making is is really cool. And I think that it it it's it's kind of like getting a writing prompt in school. You know, it's like somebody gives you the prompt, and now you got to write it. And 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 I think that any opportunity we get to give ourselves new prompts is a lot of fun. Um, and these cards have absolutely done that. And and to your point, Mike, about the opportunity to basically if if there's a role in the wrestling you know world uh that that can be filled then you know you can bet that there's a place for it in in a card uh whether it's something that we already have or something that maybe we'll get down the line you mentioned enhancement talent and i I want us to go home soon but i do think that it's worth just kind of throwing out there that enhancement talent is one of my favorite aspects of the game i think in particular on the legend side of things i mean the enhancement talent that we have is so great i use them every card um it's just i cannot imagine frankly not having them now you you know and and we've got so many and it's just so much fun to use them um mike what are your thoughts on enhancement talent i mean i love it i mean the the fact we're able to do that uh you know the the limited edition uh nacho barrera card was cool i like kato we got kenny J. we got i mean you just I mean, there's a bunch of other guys I'd love to have just because, you know, I remember, you know, when I grew up watching wrestling, you know, Saturday morning, uh, you know, it, it was, you know, you, if you saw a big name, he was wrestling somebody who was, who you saw a lot on Saturday mornings who wasn't a big name. Right. And, and those yeah. guys, you know, they make the, the main eventers, right. They make, they, they build these guys up. And so it's neat to be able to, a honor them in the game by by recognizing their role and then having them make the main eventers in my fed. You know, it's 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 uh it's kind of a, a, a cool a cool thing and, and it it you know it, it mimics real life. So it's it's uh, uh as much as a worked real life can be. Uh, <laughs> but uh you know it, it to me it's I, I love it. I love on I loved it in Champions when we got Ursa Major and Black Hole Bart and Astro Turk. Um, I, I thought it, it added something to the game that that needed to be there, right? You needed somebody for, you know, some of those, you know, Renegade and uh, Vanity are going to have a match, so you want them to get a win before their big match, then you could give them momentum going into it. Um, 
whereas it was pretty hard to put them against Star Warrior or Thantos and right. have much momentum. Um, yeah. So to me, that was neat. Um, I love it on the legend side. I love, um, you know, we got the Milkman, we got the Sidebuster, we got um, just some really cool guys. So I yeah. think to me, it's, um, you know, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. Todd, what about you? I mean, always fun. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Pollux is probably my favorite of all time. I used him <laughs> a lot back in the back in the days there before. Uh, you know, he had some changes going on, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, it's always great to have that, and you know, just to, to have some other talent to kind of throw in. And you know, once in a while they get that upset, and it's a huge, huge deal. So. Yeah. Well, I had a uh, uh, recently Pempero Furpo. Uh, he, he lost by disqualification, so it wasn't quite the same, but he still lost uh, to to Jake Milliman, and they ended up having a uh, you know rematch where Furpo, of course, won pretty handily. But it, it is fun when you know if they get an upset, or if there's something that springs out that you might think to yourself, "Hmm, I can play with this a little bit." You know, I can I can get a, a little something out of this besides just a you know a, a quick one and done. Then of course I have those opportunities to get Harley race into a match and crush somebody with a vertical suplex in two moves and, you know, it makes Harley look like a beast. So why not? <laughs> um, one name that we didn't mention that I want to throw out there real quick, Gavin loudspeaker from the Chikara sets, uh, great ring announcer card, wonderful card. I wonder whatever happened to that guy. Um, and, uh, an excellent addition to the game. Um, the only, I think the only person to have three ring announcer cards, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? An individual, yeah. He did, did have a black and white kaiju card. He did uh, as loud and noxious. Right, uh, I remember and, that, yeah. And then uh, Gavin Loudspeaker in Chikara. And then he did have a COTG live event special edition card as well. That was a limited edition card uh, later on uh, too. So Nice. Learn something new every day. Yeah. Um, the first triple crown announcer. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. That's great. We should have we should have him on the show and introduce him as such. Present him with a plaque. Um, well, uh, I think that is the go home cue. So we're going to go ahead and get out of here. But uh, before we do, uh, Todd, do we have anything else to announce or or tell our listeners? Um, yeah, just uh, keep. Keep tuned in. We are uh, just starting our big uh, double teaser season, so we're going to be uh, coming in. Uh, yeah, after this week, we're just this week we're kind of recapping everything that that we announced uh, this past uh, weekend at the Real Good to Galacticon, and then uh, starting next week, we'll be having new teasers coming out uh, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and uh, that'll lead all the way up until the end of May, and then June we will have our big uh, teasers leading into. Galacticon for both the uh, TNT set, uh, IPW, and of course Origins twenty one thirty seven. But that'll that'll probably start very end of May and run throughout June and into early July. But uh, for the next uh, you know five you know I guess five six weeks we'll be uh, you know, drawing out all the new stuff for both the uh, Best of Indies twenty twenty one. Um, for this ringside personnel pack for Legends, as well as the much anticipated Future Shock 2117. Woohoo! Um, Mike, anything else that you want to add before we get out of here? You know, just it was great to see everybody this past weekend. Uh, looking forward to Galacticon um, and uh, looking forward to uh, writing some more so I can make some more cryptic teasers next week. 
<laughs> Fantastic. Um, well, on that note, uh, I will just say that we've got um, Todd will be making some guest appearances over on Uncharted Territory, which is our way of saying make sure you listen to Uncharted Territory if you're not already, which I imagine if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. Uh, they've been doing some great stuff uh, with Legends content and beyond. Um, so make sure you give them a listen again. That's Uncharted Territory. Uh, additionally, my own shameless self plug, uh, the KOPW podcast has been um, kind of rejuvenated as of late. I don't know where I'm finding the time, but it's been fun. I did a couple of WrestleMania recap shows this past weekend, and I am indeed working on part two of the All Japan Pro Wrestling 90s retrospective entitled King's Road. Very excited about that. Uh, I've been able to talk to some really cool people and get some information. So uh, I started writing the script and, you know, no promises, but I'm hoping to get that out, you know, by the end of this week, beginning of next week. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Um, but uh, that's that's all I got. That's all these guys got. Uh, we're Roll Up, the Phil Singer Games podcast. Uh, we look forward to talking to you next time when we bring you an episode with Rob Bobian talking about FTR. Thank you all so much. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>